Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're thrilled you've joined us for this week's podcast. How we doing, church? Doing okay? I um, I, I don't know if, if, if it's like this at the campuses, and I don't even know if it's like this at all of Central Campus, but we got a little weeping section over here. There's a lot of tears flowing. There's something about that baptism video and then that incredible Mother's Day tribute video. And so, um, thank God for what he's doing. Amen? Thank God for what he's doing in changed lives. Thank God for what he's doing in the lives of our moms. Thank God for our moms, for the moms at New Hope Church globally and all the campuses. It's just... Um, it's an honor to, to um, do life with such people and to have God amongst us like this. Hey, I got a few things, and then I got, a, um, I got an introduction, and it's, it, most of you know, but it'll be a surprise to some of you. But first of all, I just need to look into the camera. I need to welcome all of the campuses at all of the locations. Not going to mention you by name today. You know who you are. It's a lot. Nine campuses now. Central, would you just welcome all of our campuses in today? <clears throat> Welcome, welcome, welcome. Secondly, I'm really excited about being with the Garner campus and the Sanford campus in the weeks ahead. I'm looking very much forward to that night that we're going to spend together, that vision night. I cannot wait to be a part of that. And uh, secondly, I want to invite everybody, and I want to do this on the stream so all the campuses could participate in this as well. I wanted to invite everybody to join me in a 40-day challenge, encouragement, to read the New Testament in 40 days. We just came out of the series called The Voice, and it has been an incredible series, and we've wrapped that up. But what if we, as a community of faith, took 40 days to read the Bible together? You can find this reading at my blog, BenjiKelly.com. It's on the right-hand side. Just click on it. PDF file will open up for you to print off and join me. We're only one week into it. So if you're thinking, oh, I missed it. No, no, no. You can, you can catch up. We're one week in it. And uh, I just think it'd be powerful for us to read the entire New Testament together in 40 days. Amen. Very, very exciting news. Very, very exciting news. This past Monday night, the membership community of this church gathered at our locations and voted to expand Central Campus to do all kinds of building upfits and refurbishments at all of the campus locations and to go into the mission field like we've never done before to continue to start the church in Kenya, to continue to build a school and a church in Kenya, to get involved in orphanage ministry like we never have before, to dig many deep water wells in Kenya where communities are dying because they do not have clean drinking water. Your membership voted on Monday night 99.12% of the membership voted enthusiastically and overwhelmingly to kick off a faith-raising campaign in the fall of 2014, i.e. September and October of 2014. Anybody else excited about what God is doing? 
I'm not going to spend any more time on it. This is the fall, but I just wanted to let you know. And if you're a member and you missed Monday night, grab me afterwards. We have some information for you and the rest of the community of faith. You're going to be brought along in this exciting journey as we let God continue to move among us in powerful and profound ways. All right, most of you know we have a guest speaker today. And uh, I know some of you are excited, and I'm excited. And it is a woman of God. And I want to tell you a little bit about Sharice Nelson McIntosh. Born and reared in Washington, D.C. by her parents, Paul Nelson and Jacqueline Nelson. And would you just welcome her lovely mama right over here to my left. Would you welcome her? Came down from D.C. just for this weekend. Both her parents are preachers of the gospel. Charissa's unique gifting initially began to be nurtured as a member of the Nelson Family Singers, where she ministered alongside her mother, elder sister, and brother. This ministry experience would later prove to have only been training ground that would later afford Charisse opportunities that she never imagined. In 2000, and actually in October 1995, Charisse would be one of 22 persons selected by the maestro himself, Richard Smallwood, to create the stellar award-winning Grammy-nominated choral ensemble titled Vision. On their debut recording Adoration Live in Atlanta, recorded in 1996, Charisse would be featured lead vocalist on the uplifting composition, and this is in honor of Pastor Fuller, titled Thank You. Some of you know about Thank You and Fuller. He loves it. In 2001, Charisse executive produced her debut CD entitled My Heart Sings. The project afforded Charisse the opportunity to sing hits from the Nelson family, a stellar classic. I've got something by Richard Smallwood as well as her own penned songs that shared her admiration of the Lord. I could go on and on, but let me just skip on down a little bit. Charisse's grace gifting have allowed her the opportunity to travel extensively throughout the United States and abroad, the Virgin Islands, West Indies, as well as Western, Central, and Southern Europe and South Africa, ministering and witnessing to believers and non-believers alike of the grace and the mercies and the everlasting love of God. Charisse takes academic studies very seriously. She has a bachelor's of social work from North Carolina Central University, a master's of social work from Howard University, and currently matriculating for her doctorate in social work. Currently, she resides in Durham, North Carolina with her beloved husband, Timothy, and their two children. And, and Timothy here, because he needs to hear me say all this good stuff about you. When I go places with people, and she, I, always, I wish Amy Lynn was here because she needs to know that she's married to me. <laughs> he needs to know he's married to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Lives in Durham, North Carolina, resides with her husband, Timothy, and their two children, Emmanuel and Zari. She is proud that her family are members of New Hope Church under the leadership. Oh, you put something of me in there. We're going to leave that out. Her motto is to study the word of God daily, for it's the word that is going to keep you. Now, there's a lot more here, and I asked for this, and the first thing she started out with in her email back was, titles are not that big to me, so you don't need to share any of this, but I wanted to share this with you so that you know who is about to get on this stage and speak. And I want to address something real quickly. I've been debating this, whether I should spend a few moments doing this, and I think I do. 
there is a group of you here who would not believe that a woman should stand on this stage and preach. Talk about it, she says. Talk about it. There's some confirmation that what I'm about to do, I should have done. And I, I polled a bunch of people. I asked my wife. I asked about 20 of us in here this morning what they thought about this. And to be honest with you, the room was about split. Some thought I should do this. Some thought I shouldn't. Some of you have been taught growing up in the church that women should not lead or preach. And I respect that that's what you were taught, and some of you might believe that. But I want to let you know with all due respect and humility that I really believe that you have been taught the Scriptures inaccurately. I'm not going to get up here and try to teach you something that I believe. I don't do that. I, I, I try to teach you what the Bible teaches. And the reason Sharice is about to preach to you today is, number one, the Lord led me to ask her. She's a singer for New Hope. She, she sings. She's awesome. But I've heard her pray, and I've gotten to know her, and I thought, that woman needs to preach. And if you don't mind, I'm going to follow the Spirit of the Lord and follow the Spirit of the Lord. So I invited her. But, but, but hear me, though. Hear me, because I know you're clapping enthusiastically, but hear me. I would not have invited her, even if I felt I should invite her, unless it lined up with the Bible. And some of you have been taught incorrectly on some of the Pauline epistles where Paul tells women basically to sit down and be quiet. If you study those texts in Corinthians and other places, what you actually find is that the Apostle Paul was dealing with a group of women in a contextual setting that were disrupting the worship services. So there's a contextualization, I believe, that you have to do to read the Bible. And I believe, as I've studied it, and I can't like, you know, prove this to you, but I believe that it's an isolated case in the Pauline epistles where Paul is telling some women, antiquity and some scholarship tells us that there was cultish groups of women that were coming in and disrupting the services of worship, which is why Paul told them to be quiet and which is why Paul talks about the importance of order. That's number one. Number two. Because if that's all there was, I don't think that would be enough because that is me just working contextualization upon the text. But there is more. Any educated and open-minded look at Scripture will come to understand that women are great preachers of the gospel in the Bible itself. If you're taking notes and you want to, be, you want to study this subject, I encourage you to go to Philippians 4. You don't have to do that, but just write it down. Philippians 4. I encourage you to go to Romans 16. In Philippians 4 and Romans 16, the great apostle Paul, who was the one who told women to sit down and be quiet in the Corinthian text? Come on. So you got it. You got to realize it's the same author. In those texts, Paul is actually saying and talking about the importance of women. And he lists out women who were being used powerfully in the gospel of Jesus Christ's ministry. That's number two. And number three, and I am done. If you simply read the Gospels, we just came through Easter. Christ, crucified, dead, buried, flatlined, buried in a borrowed tomb. On the third day, the Father did what? Raised him to new life. Who were the first people that went to the tomb and discovered that he was alive? The women. And if that weren't enough, Jesus told them to go forth proclaiming that he is alive. So, oh, I, I, he, I 
I got to stop because Sharice is preaching. But y'all acting like that, you're about to get me going. My point is very simply this. And again, I respect your, your church tradition. But the church needs to always be reading scripture and striving to read it faithfully. And there have been errors in the church's life where we have not read scripture faithfully, which is why we need to be humble. You know what I often think about? I often think about this. What will later in my life I look back upon? What will we 30, 40, 50 years from now look back upon and wonder and discover maybe we got that wrong? That's, that's, that's a good thought, and that causes us to stay humble before God, number one. But number two, if you believe that, I believe you were taught inaccurately. I really do. And I encourage you to go on a, an exploration of studying Scripture. Women can be used powerfully in the work of God. And without any further ado, therefore, it is my privilege and honor to welcome to the stage of this church on Mother's Day 2014, Sharice McIntosh. Give it up for our church. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First, giving honor to God this morning, to my beloved pastor, whom I appreciate so much. I really do. He's such an unselfish man, and I really, really thank God for you and your leadership. To my first lady who is not here, um, Pastor Amy Lynn Kelly, to all of God's people that are assembled here today, let us dive straight into the word. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Now, I, I, I need some amen, so uh, every now and then, you can say amen, gone girl, say what, and all of that other stuff, okay? <laughs> they told me to be myself, so that's who I am, and I make no mistakes about that, um, and no apologies, that is. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to read verses 1 through 6. And I'll be reading from the King James Version, so we all have different versions, so you can just follow along with me. When you have it, say amen. amen. And the scripture reads, And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he, whoever shall not be offended in me. And the word of the Lord is blessed. For a subject this morning, I would like to use, go with the evidence. Go with the evidence. John the Baptist's sole purpose was to be the voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord Jesus. 
with the main message to repent and change from your sinful ways. That is what he was called and created to do. It was John who had special encounters with the Lord Jesus. His first encounter was when his mother Elizabeth was pregnant with him. She had a visitor by the name of Mary, who was her cousin, who was pregnant with Jesus. And when Elizabeth greeted Mary, John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb because he was in the presence of Jesus. His second encounter with Jesus was when John the Baptist was in the wilderness and Jesus showed up desiring to be baptized of him. And John stopped what he was doing and said, behold, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Jesus wanted to be baptized, but John said, oh, no, uh-uh, no, uh He said, no, I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you. But Jesus said, no, it's the proper thing to do because we have to realize this was John's calling to confirm Jesus's ministry. So the third encounter John the Baptist had with Jesus is when Jesus was publicly confirmed by God himself. And John witnessed the the heavens open and God saying that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And by witnessing this great confirmation, John knew of a surety that this is the Son of God. So in our text, we have John the Baptist. That was just a little background information. Um, My mother is a seminary instructor, so I hope that that was homiletically correct, mother. (laughs) So in our text, we have John the Baptist who was called by God to prepare the way for Jesus in prison. This is the man that stood for righteousness. And his sole purpose was to call those in a sinful state to repentance to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus. This is the man that had to baptize Jesus to confirm him and that started the beginning of Jesus's ministry. So why is this great man, this great forerunner for Christ in prison? I'll tell you why. He went to prison because of what he believed. He believed in doing what was right to do. And if someone was doing wrong, John had no problem with pulling your coattail and telling you what you were doing was wrong. If you don't believe me, let's look at Luke's testament of John the Baptist in chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, he said, if you have two coats and the person around you doesn't have one, give them a coat. And then John went on to say, if you have food or meat and there are those around you who have none, Give them some food. And then he didn't stop there. He said, for those of you that collect taxes, sorry if you work for the IRS in here, but that's no pun to you. (laughs) Don't rob the people, only collect what is owed. And he didn't stop there. He went to the soldiers and said, soldiers, don't put your hand on anybody and don't accuse anybody falsely. So as we can see here, John the Baptist stood for righteousness, for justice, and equality. But it didn't stop there. King Herodias, who was reigning at the time of John the Baptist, was married to his brother's wife. 
And John the Baptist, being John the Baptist, said, look at here, king. That woman you call your wife, it is unlawful for you to marry her. And for that, John the Baptist was thrown in prison. See, what's really interesting about this, it was okay for him to minister to the regular folk. But when he went to the palace to call them out, it became a problem. And for that, he went to prison. So that comes to my first point. That brings me to my first point. That is right to do right regardless. Did everybody hear me? Say it with me. Say it's right to do right regardless. I tell my children that all the time. It's right to do right regardless. Because far too long, we have witnessed people making bad decisions. We have witnessed people going down a dreadful path in a sinful state. And we say nothing because we are afraid of hurting their feelings. Yes, the Bible tells us that we're to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But I'd rather hurt your feelings to get you to change your mind, change your ways, change your thinking, and hurt your feelings to thrust you into a right standing with God than to watch you go down a road that would lead you straight to hell. The Bible tells us, that we are to love our neighbors. But in loving you, I cannot watch you die. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Jesus said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but it's the sinner. Which brings me to Genesis chapter number 4 verse 7. Let's read this together if you will. It's on your screen. If you do what is right... Will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And how do we rule over sin? By doing what is right to do. How? Regardless. You all have to forgive me. I love the word of God. So I get excited. I'm not fussing. It's just I'm preaching with intensity. Amen. Amen. Stop making excuses and do what is right to do regardless, regardless of where you are, regardless of who's around you, regardless of, of who's in your company. It is right to do right. So while in prison, John the Baptist heard of the works of Christ, and he sends two of his disciples to ask Jesus this question. Are you he, or should we look for another? Now, I got to be honest. When I first read this, I was like, this man has to be crazy. <laughs> Here this man and had three very personal, intimate encounters with Jesus, and now that he's in prison, he sends two of his disciples to ask, are you he or do we look for another? What I have gathered is that his imprisonment was a shock 
to his faith. It had to be. This was the man that was called and created by God to prepare the way for Jesus. I mean, it went even back to making a promise to Elizabeth and Zacharias, which was his father. His father couldn't speak or talk until John the Baptist was born so that, he, that the glory of the Lord can be shown in the land that John was the one that was going to prepare the way of the Lord. And here you are in prison. You done baptized the man. You done seen the man. You done seen doves come down out of heaven. And you got to say, are you he? I said, the Bible is funny sometimes. You got to be honest. But now after sitting in this prison cell and asking this, what I gathered is that he let his circumstances calls him to question his experience with Christ. So that brings me to my second point. We must be careful not to let our circumstances cause us to doubt what we know about our God. Far too long, we've allowed situations, trials, tribulations, issues, circumstances cloud our understanding about what we know, what we have experienced, and what we have witnessed our God to do. Proverbs 24 and 10. Please read it with me. Are you ready? Let's read. If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? In other words, what the Bible is trying to tell us is we cannot begin to faint in the day of adversity because when we begin to faint, our strength will begin to fail. So that is why when the issues and challenges of life happen, that is not a time to start doubting and having spiritual amnesia. That is the time that we need to fall on our face, fall on our knees in prayer, dive into the word of God, surround ourselves with like-minded believers who are following Christ so that we can build ourselves up in the faith. So that while we face our challenges and issues, we can stand flat-footed and say, I know in whom I believe. And on Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. We have to trust in the Lord with the assurance that he is able and he will bring me out of anything I could ever face. It's very important for us people of God to trust that he will make whatever situation I'm in better. He will cause all things to work for my good. We have to be confident and encourage ourselves that God far outweighs anything that I can ever face. And with him, I cannot and will not fail. Because he is my strength. He is my defense. 
that vision again. Somebody shout amen. amen. So we've said that it's right to do right regardless. We've said don't let your circumstances cause you to doubt what you know about God. Very simplistic in nature, don't you think? So my last point this morning, I would like to convey to you, it is now time to go with the evidence. Let's look at our focus scripture, Matthew 11, verses 4 through 5. And it reads, can you read it with me? And Jesus answered them, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the good news preached to them. That sounds like some good old evidence to me, don't it? So it's time for us to go with the evidence. Let me tell you something. We're all going to have issues. We're all going to have challenges that we have to face. Amen. The Bible says many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. So we're going to go through some stuff as believers. Amen. This walk is not all a bed of roses. Amen. There are going to be some challenges, some tests. Amen. Because how are you going to come out as pure gold if you don't go through the fire first? And Malachi says that he's a, like a refiner's fire. So those of you that refine gold and silver, you got to burn that stuff off first. Take it out. Take the soot off until you can see your reflection. That's how God is working on us. So he takes us through to bring us out, to clean us up. Takes us through to bring us out, to clean us up until he can see himself in us. So let me encourage you today. Embrace trials. Embrace tribulation. Because it's working for your good. Amen? Now let me get back to my notes. Is that all right? So as I said, we all are going to have issues. We all are going to have challenges. We are all going to have questions. Why this? Why that? How come, Lord? How long, Lord? When, Lord? What you want me to do, Lord? Where, Jesus? We're always going to have the desire to make sense of whatever it is we are facing. But let me encourage your heart today that if you just go with the evidence of who God is, what God has done, and what he can do, stick with the facts that he is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time. He's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. That there is nothing that is known that he does not know because he created the known fact anyway. Stick with the fact that he is omnipotent. He has all power in his hands. And if you just go with the evidence... You won't be afraid or hesitant of doing what is right to do. Nor will you allow your circumstances to cause you to doubt what you know about our God. If you just go with the evidence, you will no longer have allowed the spirit of doubt and despair to enter into your thoughts and your 
you will no longer feel stuck. You will no longer feel like a ship without a sail. If you just go with the evidence, you'll never question his authenticity. If you just go with what you know. So in closing, I admonish you to go on what he's done in your life before. Because if he did it, then he's just that big, he's just that capable, and he's just that competent to do it again. Go on the fact that he is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he will be the same forevermore. We people of God, we change like the wind. But God changes not. His compassions fail not. And what I love about him, he has no shortcomings. Go with the evidence. So let me encourage you, if you know him and you have accepted him as Lord of your life, trust him concerning every aspect of your life and get to know him more and more starting now. But if you don't know him, if you have never asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart, I encourage you to just try him. Just give him that one chance. Get to know this man who has nothing but love for you because he knows all about you. He made you. He fashioned you in his image, after his likeness. Everything that's in you, he put there for his glory. But he's waiting on you to tap into that so that you could be everything he designed and created you to be. He's asking today, will you try me? Because my record speaks for itself. So it's now time for us to go with the evidence. You know, there's a television show that I watch. It's called CSI. And what I love about that show is that crimes happen. That's not the part that I like. It's just the basis. Crimes happen, and they send out a team of skilled workers to go and collect all of the pieces that are at the scene so that they can make sense as to what happened, when did it happen, why did it happen, who done it. But there was this one particular scene. It's the CSI Las Vegas, where Gil was the supervisor. That goes to show you how old this episode is. But it was one case that really got the staff off kilter emotionally. Some of them started drinking. Some of them started just partying just to get away with it. Some of them was losing sleep trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But he had to stop them and pull them together and say, you know what? You can't be driven by your emotions. You can't be driven by your gut feelings. You got to follow the evidence. 
because it will keep you on track to get to your final end. That's what the Lord is trying to tell us today. Issues are going to happen. Things are going to happen. You're going to experience loss. You're going to experience abundance. You're going to experience tests. You're going to experience trials. But what are you going to do in the midst of going through? Are you going to trust me? Or are you going to lose it? He says, my record speaks for itself. If I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, so shall I be with you. He said he'll never leave us. He said he'll never forsake us. And then I love the scripture that says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. We are his seed, his children. So if everybody can stand, now is the time to make the decision. Am I going to go on the evidence? Or am I going to keep living according to my rules and my standards and my rationale? God says, trust me. Trust me. Every head bowed. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being our God and our King. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Father, but most of all, we thank you because you are the type of God that always meets us where we are. And God, you show us where we need to get to. But you also give us a plan in how to get there. And for that, we say thank you. Father, today, we stand here and say we're going to go with the evidence. We're going to go with your record from Genesis to Revelations. We're going to apply it to every facet of our lives. We're not going to give in to our own abilities, which are limited. But God, we're going to follow you, believe in you, trust in you, submit our ways to you in the name of Jesus. And God, as we do that, we trust and believe that you will cause all things to work for our good according to your purpose. God, we thank you and we submit our way to you in the name of Jesus. And we say, be Lord and ruler over our lives. Rule our hearts, Lord God. Govern our lives, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, and we praise you, and we bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody who loves God say amen. Amen and amen. Put those hands together if you're going to go with the evidence. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.